I am really excited about today's conversation. It's hard to sum this guy up in a quick intro, but I'll give it a try. He's a World Series champion, three-time MLB All-Star, Golden Glove winning first and third baseman who parlayed his on-field success to off-field venture with Loma Brewing. Red Sox fans know him with by one name, Uke. Welcome, Kevin Euclid. What's up, buddy? Nothing much. It is great to talk to you and uh, catch up. So I, I figured I'd like jump right in with a hard-hitting first question, which is coming up this December 18th, the uh, Bengals play the Bucks. Who are you rooting for? <laughs> Who do you got? Who do you got? That's an easy. That's an easy answer. Um, it's always family over everything else. So I got to root for the Bucks, of course. Okay. Okay. But uh, let's just hope that doesn't happen in the Super Bowl. Right. It, it could have. I mean, last year was uh, you guys made it. it. It was close. Very close. And let me tell you, I, I said that would have been the worst day of my life. Right. Because if, you know, growing up a Bengals fan, not being able to see a Super Bowl win for so many years of my life, that it's a no-win situation. I mean, I'm excited if the Bucks win and brokenhearted as a Bengals fan again. Yep. But if the Bengals would have won, the whole entire family would have been so upset, and I wouldn't have never gotten to enjoy the first Super Bowl win by the Bengals. Right. Yeah, it's a tough call there. I mean, I remember over the years being in Sweden, watching, like, the Pats play uh, the Bengals, and you just have to kind of, like, be, like, really nice and quiet and, and all that, so <laughs> – you uh you were close, very close. It was a great game last year, but uh we'll see uh we'll see what happens this year. So hopefully uh you're uh, supporting the family and not your own team. So <laughs> yeah, the, always, always that's yeah. smart, what a smart man does in life. Yes, exactly. So when you grew up you you were you were a big uh Cincy fan, like all, all the all the sports there? Yeah, I grew up a huge Bengals fan, Reds fan. My dad graduated from the University of Cincinnati, so he took us to a lot of Bearcats games. Still remember going on the uh, football field after that the old turf, getting a little cuts and burns, playing a little football after the game. So grew up a huge Cincinnati fan, still have a lot of pride in the city. And uh, I, I'm not as much – I'm not a Reds fan anymore. They didn't draft me. They had yeah. two opportunities, so I threw them away. Um but still a Bengals, diehard Bengals fan and a Bearcat, you know, till the day I die. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, uh, staying in baseball and, uh, you know, before you went to the MLB uh, in, uh, I guess it was 2003, Moneyball came out and the concept of uh, sabermetrics. How familiar were you with it at the time? A zero, you know, yeah. as baseball players back then, and uh, we didn't know anything about it. Uh, the, the the best way I can de describe it and define is we were the ones that made the analytics, right? So as players, you go out there, you perform, you're just doing your job. You're trying to hit a fastball. You're trying to hit a slider, uh, you know, a curveball. It's not easy to do. So trying to focus on seeing a ball, hit the ball, trying to put, you know, put a good swing on it to barrel it up. That's all we were trying to focus on all the time. That was our intention. Uh, and then what happened was the analytics took over in a lot of ways. And, and it's funny, still to this day, people are like, well, you were the person that, you know, started the analytics. And I was like, not really. I mean, Babe Ruth, there was analytics back when he played. Right, right. You know, and, and I think that's kind of the dynamic we're facing right now in the game is uh, a little bit of what is too much analytics um, and, and what you're thinking through the analytics and it's different with business than in sports. So they're trying to find that happy median. And uh, 
it's kind of this little little fight between uh, ideologies of you know use analytics all the time every day on everything um, versus you know coaches understanding that the mental and physical side also have to play into it. Uh, so hopefully we'll see a balance here before we uh, <laughs> over the next few years. I mean, it is an inter- such an interesting concept in the uh, like you know obviously your uh, your brother in law there Tom like you know it depend who knows what that would have kind of come if it wasn't like you know hey, let's give this guy a try. Let's see what we can do. Or those intangibles, you know, and it's like how valuable those intangible intangibles are that like you can't put a number next to. So, uh, you know, well, uh, it is interesting though. And so, we'll, but we'll talk about later how you went from the uh, Greek God of walks, the Greek God of hops. So, uh, yeah, which, which I like, but, um, you know, you've been described as scrappy and gritty and, you know, known for those you know, home plate collisions, where, where, do you, where do you think this approach to the game uh, came from? I think it came from my upbringing. Uh, you know, growing up in the Midwest in Cincinnati, we are idols because our fathers forced us to to idolize Pete Rose, uh, Charlie Hustle, play the game with grit, play the game as hard as you can. And it was it just was kind of a teacher, like, kind of a coaching moment for most coaches. Was you know you got to run hard, you got to you got to dive, you got to lay out. You know, which which also pairs into why football is so big in, in Ohio. It's just uh, it, it's it's a blue collar state where people are just you know middle class and uh, just trying to get after in sports. And I think that taught me a lot. But I think over the years was more the more learning that a lot of people are a little more gifted, I would say, physically uh, than I was as an athlete. And so I had to work hard for it and knew that I couldn't take a playoff. And I knew that every single time I got on that field, uh, I had to take every at bat serious. I had to take every pitch serious, every play in the field serious. Uh, and, and it probably started a lot, you know, in high school, everyone, you know, most guys play every single game. Uh, but I got, I was very fortunate that I, I didn't miss a pitch. Uh, in yeah. my four years at the University of Cincinnati, I played every single pitch. And I mm. think learning through that of, you know, just just the grit and determination of getting out there, being sore, being, playing a little hurt, uh, and I just took that into my professional career and and never, you know, let go of it. Even though some people try to say, "Hey, man, you got to calm down. You can't do this. You can't do that." And I said, "Hey, listen, my path is different than yours, and yeah. you're, you know, and the way you go about is different, and you have success that way. But if I take a playoff or if I try to slow down, I'm not going to be the same player uh, that I can be." Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You obviously showed in, in the success you had, and it definitely showed. Uh, I, I read that your second at bat ever in the MLB, you you hit a home run. What do you remember from that moment? Wow, I mean, yeah, it was uh, it was a special day, May fifteenth, two thousand four. I think I'll never forget that date the rest of my life. Uh, yeah. But you know, my first at bat, I got a two one changeup, and I popped it up, and I still remember like hit the roof, and then I was like, oh wait, we're in Toronto, not Tampa. Um, right. Where, where you can hit the roof. Uh, Toronto, you have no chance hitting the roof. Uh, but I remember running around just, oh, man, just missed that pitch. And the next at-bat, I got the 2-1 again, and Pat Hankin threw me a 2-1 changeup. And I and I got on top of it a little more and put it in the second deck. And I, I think that was the fastest home run trot I've ever had. I, I was on such an adrenaline rush, and my parents were there to see it. And I, I know my mom and dad were probably going absolutely berserk in the stands. I, I didn't get to see them. Uh, but then I circle around the bases and the whole dugout is giving me the silent treatment as I go into the dugout. 
and had this huge grin on my face and did the fake high fives. And then the team came and rushed and gave me love. And, you know, that was just one of the greatest memories of my life because all the hard work, all the sacrifice, uh, all all the, all the tough times of people telling me I, I had no chance of, you know, playing division one baseball and no chance of being drafted. It just, it just summed up perfectly in that moment. Yes. That's awesome. That's really, it's just cool. And, and logistical question here. Uh, we were just look, looking at your bio and so why isn't the 2004 world series champion? Like why, why aren't you credited under that? Is it some MLB rule? Like, did, oh, I did don't you, know. Did you yeah, get, I was on the world series roster, so it should right. be on there. Yeah. Is it, it's in, we have to call uh, the MLB because on the MLB website and uh, other websites, they, they only have you down for 2007, not 2004. So I wasn't sure if I was missing something or it sounds like they are. No, no, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. So I was on the I got taken off the ALCS roster. Uh, Ramiro Mendoza got put back on. And then in the World Series roster, I, I was added back on because, you know, when you have to go to the National League stadiums, you, you right. usually burn, uh, you know, you have to have more pinch hitters. Right. Um, so I got put back on the World Series roster. Didn't get to play. Uh, was real close to St. Louis. It was bases loaded, and uh, Kevin Millar pinch hit. Uh, right. And it was between me and him. So I'll still remember that day. I was so close to getting in the World Series. But, you know, unfortunately, you know, fortunately, but unfortunately, we swept. So there right. wasn't many uh, chances to get in. Well, talking about a, uh, a World Series you did get in 2007, do you have a uh, favorite memory from that? Well, yeah, I mean, the ALCS and that one, just leading up to it, I mean, we were down three games to one um, in Cleveland facing CeCe Sabathia, who was just the dominant big lefty at the time. And in the first – and we and we were down, and, and we got we got beat pretty good. And so the first at-bat in Cleveland, I, I, I took a fastball deep uh, and, and put us on the board. And ever since that home run, we just, we just rolled. I mean, we didn't lose a game after that, and we just clicked. And so I think that memory was probably my best memory of, uh, you know, one, just getting a home run off CC was a big feat, but two, just ever, you know, our team just collectively got on board and just willed itself through, you know, the next three games in that series and then sweeping the four games against Colorado. Yeah, it was pretty, uh, pretty amazing. You know, I grew up a Red Sox fan and, uh, watched and soaked in every moment, huge for the city. And so, uh, I feel like I go on for hours with like Red Sox type questions or baseball questions, but let's uh, let's jump outside the diamond and talk some business here. You, uh, you and your brother Scott founded Loma Brewing uh, in California, which won actually the California Commercial Brewery of the Year in 2017. Uh, you know, many guys don't make that transition from athlete, you know, to business as well as you have. So, tell us about that that venture and then also that transition, you know, to you know, from an athlete to the business room. Yeah. I, so I always had this dream. I, I was always a big craft beer fan. I, it started uh, when I was with the Red Sox. Uh, I would always go to, I, I always tell the story, Marty's and Newton for all the people that have gone to Marty's and love that store. Yeah. Uh, there was a group of guys there that, you know, recognized me and just said, Hey, you know, you know, what are you looking for? And I was like, you know, I, you know, I'm looking for like, you know, this craft beer I've had, you know, around the country a little bit. And they started, you know, feeding me ideas of different styles and different craft beer selections and through trial and error there, and there was a lot of error. Uh, there were some beer styles. I was like, Ooh, that's just not me. Um, and started drinking. And I, and I started to really enjoy craft beer where I didn't have to drink, you know, you, you know, some of the, 
domestic beers. You got to drink a few of them just to get a buzz. I, I really enjoyed these beers because they had a little bit more punch to them and I didn't have to drink as much. Uh, so I started enjoying those and then going around the country uh, through baseball. I got to, you know, sample some beers after games uh, that I loved. And then I, I went to the Great American Beer Fest one year uh, and it was just wild. Like all these different booths with with different beer, you know, styles to companies. And I really enjoyed the camaraderie. All these businesses that you would think compete against each other were collaborating on beers together, giving ideas and, and, and just trying to grow the brand. It was it's craft versus domestic. And I love that because it's like the underdogs. And so for me, being an underdog in baseball, I took that in. I was like, you know what? I think this is really cool. I want to be a part of something like this. So after my career, I, I knew I couldn't sit around and just go play golf or, uh, you know, sit by the beach or just I, this is not my DNA. I, I got to work. I got to do stuff. So I decided to open, you know, my brother was in the restaurant industry. So I decided to uh, pair with him to open up this brew pub in Los Gatos, California. Uh, it's a suburb right outside of San Jose. And we opened it up. Uh, and then two years later, my brother got out. He was it was a little far of a, a trek for him. So, you know, he he decided to get out of the business. But my business partner now to this day, Dan Reineke, we played baseball together at University of Cincinnati. They were roommates and we drank a lot of uh, crappy beer before now <laughs> being able to drink a lot of great beer uh, at Loma. But we, we've been open for now six years and uh, we're working on an expansion project right now that should hopefully be open by the end of next year in Manteca, California, which is south of Stockton. And uh, we're, we're just really excited for the future of Loma. And for me personally, it's just about just picking a lot of great business-minded people's brains about how to get better and how to grow the business. And I've been very fortunate to be around a lot of people that have helped guide me after playing baseball. And, you know, there's a lot of things that correlate uh, with working with the team, uh, you know, trying to, trying to persevere and, and trying to get through the tough times like COVID. Uh, and I think that's the one thing that I learned from my playing career is, Hey, you just can't give up. You got to just find angles, right? So it's like, if I'm facing a pitcher, that's really good. I got to figure out what's the angle of his strengths versus my strengths or weaknesses. And how am I going to, you know, succeed? And so a lot of that game plan and, and trying to figure out as carried over into the business world, but I still got a long way to learn, you know, a lot about the industry and how to grow this company. And, and I love every minute of it. Just, just gaining knowledge. That's awesome. Well, well, I was going to ask your kind of your favorite part of the business, but it sounds like kind of the social aspect, the camaraderie, almost kind of like playing on a team again. It, it sounds like you get a lot of that from there. So that's pretty cool. Correct. Yeah. So I, uh, I'm not a huge craft beer guy, but I was loving some of uh, the names of your beers, Jujitsu, <laughs> J E W. Uh, and over the years, uh, you know, with Loma, do you have a favorite beer name? Not the favorite beer type, just a favorite beer name you've come up with. Well, the jujitsu one I love just because yeah. uh, I, I did jujitsu for over a year and a half. And then right before the pandemic um, and then kind of things shut down and uh, I was loving it. I got to be a blue belt and man, that was it was one of the hardest things. I mean, th there, there's so much within that. But jujitsu was one of my it's one of my favorite names. Uh, we, we've had, we've had some fun names. Uh, gosh, I'm trying to think of the, uh, oh, we, so we did a, uh, we just, <laughs> this past year we did one called make it rain for Ukraine. That was, That's uh, awesome. 
that was one where we gave some uh, donations uh, to, to some relief. Uh, so I thought the Make It Rain for Ukraine was a good one. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of some other ones that we've come up with, but you know, uh, yeah, no oranges allowed, you know, in a wheat beer, kind of like, cause you know, blue moon and, you know, always yeah. putting an orange in wheat beer. So we, we, we've come up with some good names, but, but the best part is, is it's the same camaraderie. We allow a lot of people within to come up with beer names that whether it be the brewer or managers or servers, uh, we just try to have fun with it. And you know, that, that's the fun part of craft beer is you don't have to take yourself serious. Right. That's awesome. Well, to uh, move away from beer, which is never easy, uh, your, <laughs> your, your, your other venture is uh, you're in the booth with New England Sports Network as uh, the you know, commentator. How do you like the game from that perspective? Yeah, it's uh, I'll tell you, it's the first year I never thought I'd be a broadcaster. Uh, I never even it wasn't even a thought. Uh, and, you know, luckily, my wife pushed me to you know, be uncomfortable and put myself in a situation where I, I, I'm just not, I was never comfortable in the booth, uh, like even thinking about it. I, I've been up there a couple of times to do like an interview here and there. And I was like, I don't know if I could ever do this, but you know, between my wife and then, uh, my dad passed away two years ago and his love of the game, uh, kind of got me thinking like, man, you know, life is short. And I love baseball. I don't have the time to coach because of my family and being around them. And this was the next best thing. So it's been an, it's been a learning curve. It's been a lot of fun in the sense that I get a front row seat every night and get paid to talk baseball. So that to me is my, is my favorite part is seeing the game, being able to evaluate it and just still also loving the moments of a home run, a base hit to win a game. Uh, and, and having that emotional attachment, uh, it's harder when you're when you're when it's uh, the opposition doing it. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Uh, sure. I root every night for the Red Sox to win because, you know, that that's just what I, you know, I, I just if I'm going to work for that network, you know, people say, oh, you can't be a homer. I'm like, well, I, I don't know any different. Uh, I grew yeah. up with Joe Nuxall, um on the radio, who was a huge homer for the Reds. Uh, but for me, it's like I want the team to win and yeah. I, I can give an honest perspective. But uh, from, I, I really just in love just having that front row seat every night. That's my favorite part about being a, a broadcaster. Is the itch still there, though? Do you just like sometimes like wish you were down there? I do wish I was on the field. I, 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 th- there are days I wish like, man, because I see Jason Veritek down. I mean, these are my former teammates. Yeah. Uh, Alex, you know, Alex Cora, the manager. You got the first base coach, Ramon Vasquez, I played with, Carlos Fable. I mean, there's like four or five coaches that I played with. And then we're playing against the Tampa Bay Rays right now. And there's like three or four coaches I played with over there. So the camaraderie of being on a team is what I probably miss most. Uh, but the hard part is, is I don't think I can balance the wants of how I want to be a father and a husband with the demands of uh, the baseball uh, season. Not to say that others don't do it well. I d- just right now in my life, I'd rather be coaching my little my little ones in little league and being there for my daughter who's a junior in high school. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, last uh, last question. So there's a Brady softball game. You know, you, you're making the lineup. You know, does Tom make the top five? <laughs> oh wow, yeah, that's a good question. Well, I think I think so. I mean. He definitely was a baseball player, so I mean, right, we got to put right. him in the line. He's 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 got the height. He's got probably got a little right. power. You know, he's a lefty, um, so he can get out of the box. But I mean, it's tough. We got Maya, 
You know, right. Maya's Maya's the softball star right now, so she's she's probably my number one pick. Yeah, she's um, big. She's awesome. Yeah, she she's my number one pick. Yeah, Tom has to make it. I mean, my little guys yeah. aren't big enough yet. I mean, they right. they'll go out there and compete. They're just not strong enough yet. And then you know the girl. Don't sleep on the girls though. I mean, you got Trust you got Mo Mo Mo. If she's she's gonna be the fast pitch softball. I mean, she's she, gonna she's in the up. Hall of Fame, isn't she? She's in the yeah. Uh, so do so. Do you think in her prime you could you could hit off her? I mean, what's going on? Oh, for sure. Uh, I tell her all the time. Yeah, you know, it would take time though. She would definitely yeah. own me until I until I figured out how to get short to the ball up top. That right. rise ball in softball is is different than in baseball. But right. I think eventually I would get to her. I just it would take a little time. I'd have to practice. All right, noted, noted. Well, Kev, I uh, really appreciate the time today, and uh, congrats all the, all the success with Loma and all else you have going on. So, and uh, good luck to the Sox and uh, you up in the booth. So, thanks again. Yeah, buddy. Thank you.